Welcome to the Modern Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Hancock, and today we are going to talk about keeping your child's teeth healthy, which I know is sometimes it's it's hard to even keep our own health and our own dental hygiene in check, but this is very important from the moment that they're born up until they graduate high school and so forth. Um, I'm always fascinated to talk and learn more about how to keep your kids' teeth healthy. And if you go over to Modern Mom Life, we do have some fun dental hygiene um, tips and tricks, activities. I actually have a toothbrush reward system chart that you can print and download and keep in your room to kind of motivate them to keep their teeth healthy and clean. And I'm excited today to talk to Dr. Carrie Lee, and she's going to give us a lot of great tips on how to motivate our kids to keep their their dental hygiene in shape and some other things down the line that we may need to worry about or talk about as braces, um, thumb sucking, all that fun stuff that we endure as parents. And also I'm excited to pick her brain because she too is a mom and how she is able to juggle all these things. Um, but before we get to that, let me just do a few housekeeping announcements. Um, this week on Modern Mom Life, what we're talking about is a lot of last last day of school activities. I've got some printables over there if you want to take a photo with your kid uh, on their last day of school and also compare it to their first day of school because you're going to see a lot of change that has happened in just one year. It's It's really great and bittersweet at the same time. Also, teacher gift ideas. I know we're in the home stretch. We still have a couple. For me, we have a week and a half. And spoil those teachers. They have done so much for our kids. I have some unique teacher gift items. One that is going a little crazy online is the start of summer gift basket. I have a summer gift tag over there that helps you make it look a little better. And it's a cute idea. You fill up a jug, a water jug with all sorts of summer start items like sunblock, um, glasses, hand sanitizers, lip balm, those kind of things that teachers really need at the beginning of the school, or I'm sorry, the summer year. And I need more coffee, apparently. Okay, well, I'm going to welcome Carrie. She is on. Carrie, um, let me invite you to come on, and hopefully that will work. Technology has been a blessing and a curse some days. <laughs> and Carrie, are you there? You may have to unmute your mic on the app. Um, let's see. Hello. Hi, I I hear Hi. you. Yay! Yeah. Yay! Wasn't so bad. No, there's. I'm the technology. I know. It's no, it's there's always a little bit of anxiety right before a podcast, and it's so silly because that's the beauty of podcasts is it doesn't have to be like amazingly produced or anything like that. And this app it allows us to chat, and it will record it, and then it'll produce it afterwards. So I don't even have to do much. So thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me and giving me a few, uh, just a few minutes to kind of chat with you and all the moms out there. Yeah, I think this is a hot topic. And sometimes there's a lot of misconceptions about um, dental hygiene and, you know, when we should go see our dentist for our children. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm happy to dig into that. Um, but before we get to that, let me just give a little brag worthy bio for you. Um, <laughs> I always love to hear, you know, connect the dots on how you got to where you are. So sure. Dr. Carey grew up in Miami, Florida. Fun. Um, I'll have to say I've, I have not visited Miami, Florida. I've only been there um, 
you know, on the way to somewhere else. So I'd love to pick your brain about that later. (laughs) And she attended the University of Florida for her undergraduate degree and then pursued her dental doctorate at the University of Pennsylvania. During these four years, she realized her natural ability to connect with kids and her passion to teach them positive health habits that led her to pursue specialty training in pediatric dentistry. So in other words, she is a very patient woman with children. (laughs) That's how I read that. You have to be. Oh, God bless you. Yes, especially with her teeth. So I'm I'm interested to hear that too. So then you moved moved west to California where she went to the University of Southern California for an additional two-year residency, um, which... I just got back from California a couple of months ago and it was so it was Northern California, but that weather, it was amazing compared to what we're experiencing right now in Texas, but that's all right. We can dream. (laughs) That's Um, where I want to retire for sure. San Diego area is ideal. (laughs) Oh, I bet. Um, So then you graduated from residency in 2010 and for the, the last 12 years, you've been working and gaining experiences in multiple dental offices in multiple states. So you've been busy. You've been all over the place, which is I good. Know. Oh. I know. I've definitely been in pretty much all four corners of the country. And each corner and culture is so different, but very amazing all at the same time. Well, that's good. You're getting different experiences, which led you to now owning your own dental office. Um, and it's located, well, it serves the communities of Aubrey, Little Elm, Prosper, Salina, and Frisco. And if you're listening and thinking, where is that? Um, it's, it's in North Texas area. Yes. So, so, and how long have you, you've been here for the last 12 years, you said? Um, we've been in Dallas, or actually we're living in Frisco for the past five years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That, that's awesome. A lot of people are moving to Texas. It's a yeah. great place to live. So if you're considering it. Come on. Um, I, I will welcome you. I know there's some people that are like, no, stay where you are. It's getting too crowded, but you know what? We've got plenty of room to grow. So we're fine. Um, and our economy. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. So, it is so, very controversial. <laughs> yeah. It is funny. Sometimes in the mom groups, I'm like, calm down ladies. It's going to be fine. You know, but, and I've lived in Texas since the day I was born. So, um, if you can't tell, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I used to loathe it, but now I've just embraced it. I'm like, this is who it is. This is who I am. So we're going with it. Um, so here's the fun part. Um, during your spare time, you enjoy spending time with your husband and three sons. So you have three I sons. Do. I'm a, a boy mom. For awesome. Sure. I thought I ever imagined it to be so, but, um, it is who I am too. And I have to embrace it as well. <laughs> yeah. So, so how old are they? What are the ages? My oldest, Brady, is eight years old. My middle one, Zachary, is five. And my youngest is three and a half, Jeffrey. Oh, that yeah. is so cute. So There's you have a range. Where they're pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, my daughter is turning nine um, in a couple of months. And she's oh. still sweet. But we're teetering. Yeah. We're teetering a little bit on a bit of sass. So oh. <laughs> uh, I've got to gear up for that. But my little yeah. son, he still snuggles with me and is very sweet and um, no, my, both my kids are sweet. I'm just starting to see a little bit of turning mm-hmm. a little bit of corner and it's kind of sad at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys, so you guys swim at the pool, you stay home and you have dance parties. I love that you guys have <laughs> dance parties and I hope you have, do you have a TikTok with all these dances? 
I've been trying to. I did my first TikTok video with my eight-year-old the other day, or actually a few weeks ago, and it's one that where you have to go on your arms and legs like you're doing a push-up. Oh, um, yes, and it was so challenging, but he rocked it. <laughs> it was really embarrassing, but it was a lot of fun at the same time. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, my daughter tries to get me to do TikTok dances all the time, and well, oh. she doesn't. She doesn't have a TikTok account but somehow I guess the kids at school like teach each other the dances I don't know but I'm like yeah maybe we'll do that later and then it just never happens so maybe this oh, summer no. <laughs> maybe yeah, this sure summer I know I'm the worst <laughs> I'm so bad I'm trying to be better at that but you know it just gets crazy and I'm, then I'm like nobody wants to watch me dance like why no <laughs> yeah they do yeah I know I think that's the trend now is dancing moms well well, that's awesome so as far as you know being a mom and juggling and business which one's more challenging (laughs) oh gosh oh everything all of the above and actually the funny thing is just the other day I was listening to your um uh dinner tricks podcast because oh yeah like that I'm obviously juggling working during the day being a full-time at work and I'm a terrible, I've come to accept I'm a terrible uh, chef and cook. So <laughs> when I see tips and tricks for shortcuts and things like that, like I love those those recipes and anything in the um, slow cooker or anything in my, I cannot work without my, um, um, what's it called now? The, Not the Instapot. The Instapot? Yes, or the, Instapot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I use that all the time. Yeah. And I, I found a lot of women are intimidated by it. They're like, I have one, it's in a box, but I'm scared to use it. So I hope, I hope a lot of people, you know, got my friend's book and maybe that helped, but it, it can be intimidating just like anything else new that you're learning, but sure. it is a life, it is a time saver for sure. One. Yeah. So how did you decide I'm going to be a dentist and I'm also going to work with kids? Like where did that come to your brain? Or did you are um, did you know that like were you one of these kids that just grew up and was like I'm gonna be a dentist? I wasn't. I definitely wasn't. I was actually gearing to go into the pediatrician route um, for medical school, but in college I actually kind of shadowed a bunch of women doctors and just realized that like the work life balance wasn't was non existent for them. Um, and so I knew, I think at that time, I did, did want to work life balance at some point when I had my own family. And so I just did a little bit more research, still wanted to stay in healthcare. Um, and I won't lie, it's not like a wonderful, great, grand story of like, oh, I dreamed of being a dentist since I was little, but it was a very practical decision um, of, hey, I want to work life balance. What healthcare field can I choose um, to allow that later on in my life? And I think the three fields were dentistry, optometry, and podiatry at the time. And I knew I hated feet. So I can't imagine touching other people's feet. No, and I, I would think you definitely need to love what you do if you're going to look at that all day long. So yes. smart, smart for you. And then, of course, eyeball. Like then I looked into optometry, and I was like, eyeballs creep me out. <laughs> <laughs> so that so narrowed honestly, it down it was just by yeah, default like okay I'll try this thing called dentistry <laughs> I love that and you know what 
I think that's a good message for our children is like, I remember growing up and everyone, the message was, you can do anything you want, but you need to know what you want to do. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure in that. I think the reality is like, we change our minds a lot of the times Mm. as we're growing up. And then even into college, I mean, it's okay to, there's so many different flexible options. Kind of like you said, like you knew what you wanted. You had the vision to see like, okay, well, this is what my life's going to be like in the future. Um, and then you, you worked around that. So I think that's very smart that you were so, you, you just had that vision ahead of time. Um, Just like you said, you know what you want and you know what you don't want. And then there's a lot of wiggle room, at least here in America, it's very, we're blessed to have that wiggle room to say, Hey, we want to find out more. And then you shadow and you intern and you just talk to older people that have been there and give wisdom that way, you know? Um, and then. Part of it is also knowing who you are, like what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are, and then applying that back to your future job. Yeah. So during, um, so you had all this, you know, going well, but I'm curious to know during the pandemic when, you know, the world kind of stopped, did you have any like, not doubts, but how did you pivot or get through that time when people weren't coming to the dentist? And are you seeing that a lot of people have delayed their dental care because of the pandemic and how we were on lockdown for what it felt like three months. I don't, I don't even remember. It's like a time warp, but no, no, you're right. Um, no, great question. And I ironically, um, opened right in the middle of that. Oh goodness. (laughs) You're like the second person, you know what, but there's been so many businesses that have opened during the pandemic. And I think, I think it's been a blessing for a lot of people because they have that time to kind of like not be so, I guess, overwhelmed, but kind of work up to it. And they're yeah. still, they're still very successful. So, I mean, what, who was it that just, oh, it was um, Margaritaville. They opened right when the world oh, shut down. So, so I'm hoping you're, 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 you're busy now because people should be going to the dentist and c- catching yeah. up, but you know, I'm sure that kind of derailed a lot of people. Is there anything you want to oh. remind parents about that time that maybe they're feeling guilty? Oh, and- yeah. No, for sure. I mean, and if you remember that time was when, you know, the schools shut down, everything shut down. So, um, the, from a dental health perspective, um, kids were not eating three square meals a day. You know, they were, this is my kids included. I remember I was forced to stay home with my kiddos. And that's when I realized I cannot be a stay-at-home mom. Because I was like, oh, man, I am not cut out for my own kids. Being with them 24-7. Um, so much higher respect for um, stay-at-home moms from that front. But um, because they're at home, the kids are at home all the time. The pantry is right there. And so they're snacking every 30 minutes, every 10 minutes, every hour. And from a dental health perspective, um, the more you snack, the higher risk of cavities you have um, or can get, can develop. Um, And so you're right, in the beginning of my office opening, it was really so just because everyone was scared to go. But nine months thereafter, when we had opened, um, I opened in June 2020, March 2021, started getting tons of phone calls, toothaches, abscesses, um, yeah, just because higher risk of cavities for a lot of these kiddos, and you know, they were in dental pain, and so they had no choice but to come in and get those taken care of. 
Oh, I didn't even think about that. And the snacking, mm-hmm. the snacking during the summer is our struggle because they just go straight to that pantry and just start exactly. opening it and grabbing stuff. And I'm like, I know you do not eat this much at school. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I need a, lo- a lock for this or something because <laughs> I don't know. And that's, you're right. During the pandemic, it, some of us were just trying to survive juggling, working yeah. from home and homeschooling. And it was just, you know, the, hard. it was hard. And I am with you on that. I give huge props to the homeschoolers and the stay at home moms. I had a moment where I thought I was going to homeschool. I think I was just living in like La La Land and then push come, <laughs> push come to shove. I'm like, you know what? Sometimes we just need to have some self-realization and like, yeah. that's not going to be my strength. Okay. So, <laughs> so if you're one of those people, it's okay. You know, I think as moms and women, we think we have to do it all and we have to do it all very well. True. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as you can drop that mentality, it's going to mm. save you a lot of stress and anxiety is what I've learned mm. over the years. So oh, for sure. Likewise, that you hit the nail on the head. I, well, when 2020 came, I finally gave up. I threw my hands in the air and I'm like, I can't be a perfect cook. I can't be a perfect stay at home mom. I can't be a perfect working um uh, mom and a wife, a perfect wife. And a perfect yeah, it's it's so much. It really is. Yeah. It's that's why I've you know I've been like we just need to give each other some grace. Absolutely. And you know if you have to set boundaries with people and then get upset, then you know I, that's a whole nother podcast. That that's my <laughs> life. <laughs> that's my life. Oh God. Um, these are therapy sessions now, just to let you know. Um, but anyways, <laughs> no, you're right. Um, so back to, to, to bring in your kids in, I know there's some misconceptions. I'm going to take it from like, okay, they're born. We have babies. Do some people ask the question, do baby teeth really matter? And they're just going to lose them anyways. So what's your, what's your take on that? Oh gosh, if I had a dollar for every time I <laughs> that, I wouldn't have to work really. Exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't. Um, but yes, no, that's a fantastic question. Um, so I get that all the time. Um, and you are right, baby teeth obviously are at some point going to get replaced by permanent teeth. Um, but we oftentimes forget when we lose them. So I usually kind of tell my parents general timeline. When your kiddo is have the front baby teeth between six to eight years, until six to eight years old, and the front four incisors, you know the the front four top teeth that when you smile that you see, mm-hmm. and the front four bottom teeth when you smile that you see, those will fall out. Those baby teeth will fall out between six and eight. But those back baby teeth actually don't fall out until ten to twelve. So all those years from two years old to 12 years old, you need those baby teeth. Your kids need those baby teeth to chew, to eat food, to speak properly, and to hold space for the adult teeth that will come later. Um, And that's why I explained to the parents that um, when the kid is age appropriate, about four or five, that we do start the habit of introducing flossing earlier if they're cooperative, uh, because especially those baby molars, they don't fall out until about 10 to 12 years old. That makes sense. And we don't want them to be in pain up until the teeth fall out either. That's, right. yeah, that's, that's good to know. Um, so when, when should parents bring their kids in for their first dental appointment? 
So technically, um, according to the um, AAPD, which is the American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry, they do recommend the first dental appointment by age one. Um, when I tell parents that, <laughs> they, even general dentists, like adult dentists, they typically react with shock because they ask, well, how is my one-year-old going to cooperate for a dental visit? Um, and then the truth of the matter is, well, of course, age-appropriately, they don't. They do cry a little, um, but it's not for very long. The dental exam at that age is not very long. It's maybe like 10 seconds, and we're just brushing their teeth while we're doing the exam at the same time, so it's not painful at all. Um, but it's that first appointment is so, 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 so important um, because just like for, you know, pediatrician well visits and take your kids to their checkups, it's important to learn from the dentist how to establish healthy hygiene habits before something goes wrong. Because honestly, like a lot of people are like, well, you know, the kid's not in any pain, but I tell them when your child is in pain, that's a little too late. The cavity has reached the nerve, and that's why your child is complaining of pain. And so usually at that point when your child is complaining of pain, I can't save, either I can't save the tooth with like a white filling, um, I mean, we might have to extract the baby tooth at that point. So there's a lot that we can do ahead of that before your child is in pain, um, as long as we catch it early. So if we can even do preventative visits at the age of one years old, um, that will help a lot, not only from a health perspective, but also emotionally for your child, too. Awesome. Well, and I think yeah. it also just kind of sets the tone on um, making sure you're going to the dentist um, appropriately. And if I remember correctly, the first visit wasn't that big of a deal, like as far as mm -hmm. like examination, but it was good just to, you know, get set the pace like hey this is a doctor's office I mean they may not remember it but it's still good for the adults as well just to kind of get a head start on that I think um Absolutely. yeah so do you what do you, this, we didn't really talk about this before but is are there certain things that a parent should consider when they're choosing a dentist for their child um yeah that's a really good question um I would well, for me, since I'm a pediatric dentist, we're just like, I equate it to like being pediatricians yeah. um, versus like a general adult doctor. There are family physicians that will see children. Um, so likewise, there are general adult dentists that will see children, and that's not a bad thing. Um, for the most part, we as pediatric dentists do get specialty training and an additional two to three years after dental school. So if you really want kind of the expert, um, the expertise as far as like child psychology, which plays a huge role in dental visits as well and dental treatment, um, I would definitely consider choosing a uh, pediatric dentist. And on top of that, a board certified one at that too. Okay. Yeah. Because there are so yeah. many to choose from. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for just sure. a simple Google search. You're like, whoa, but I think you're right. I think the environment's going to feel more kid friendly. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of pros to picking a pediatric dentist for sure. Um, 
let's see, what other fun stuff can we get into? Um, tongue tie. Now I didn't, I was not affected by this, but I do know some mom colleagues that do. Um, why, how can going to the dentist help, help that situation? Um, this is a really good question. It's actually something that's come up more recently, I would say. Um, I've been getting a lot of tongue tie and lip tie um, consultation visits for kids as young as, or newborns as young as 10 days old, four days old, uh, a few months old. Mainly we are referred um, by like lactation consultants or pediatricians for tongue tie because the mom, the moms are struggling with breastfeeding for their infants. Um, and we are as pediatric dentists, the uh, specialists that do tongue tie release procedures to be able to help with uh, the more efficient nursing for a lot of the parents. Um, so, yeah, so sometimes we'll see kids, obviously, when they don't have teeth. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. That's like a week old um, to do Aww. these procedures if need be. Um, yeah, nursing has definitely, you know, moms these days, as opposed to, gosh, back in the 60s and 70s when baby formula was invented, um, are really, really, really trying their best to nurse, you know, uh, because there are so many benefits to natural breast milk. So uh, because of that higher demand on the mom's part to want to nurse and breastfeed, um, they are really want to do anything they can to be to make that experience more pleasant for themselves and more pleasant for their, their child as well. Yeah. So definitely if you're a new mom and you think your child has this, don't, don't feel guilty. Just bring them mm -hmm. in. We can, they can figure it out because I know when I tried to nurse, which I did nurse for a while, but those first couple of weeks, they, they were rough. I'm like, does my baby have this? Does my baby have that? Like, yeah. it's just a lot. Um, so don't feel ashamed if you need to talk to somebody about that. Uh, another it's hard because a lot of parents think, oh, like first, especially first time moms think, oh, it's supposed to be natural, right? Like yeah. nursing is supposed to be a natural phenomenon, so it shouldn't hurt. And if it hurts, I'm just gonna tough it out. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Poor moms would just tough it out, and it hurts when the baby's nursing. And if it hurts, you're not really getting that emotional bond with your child. No. Um, when you cringe every time you're like, oh gosh, I have to nurse now. I have to free yeah. my kid. Um, and that's not an okay thing. And so I usually recommend parents to seek out a lactation consultant first. Okay. Um, see if the lactation consultant can help you with positioning or um, whatever it is that you can do without any type of physical actual procedure. Um, and usually after that, if there's no improvement, um, with the help of a lactation consultant, then you could probably seek out a pediatric dentist to see, hey, is there a physical cause for why my kiddo is not latching or not getting a teeth latch? Or they're trying to latch, but there's milk dribbling out of their mouth. They're getting air ingestion um, and they're getting reflux because of inefficient nursing. And so these are just some, some signs and symptoms that pediatric dentists will look for and ask you about, um, which is reflux. Um, hiccuping constantly, um, discomfort because you realize that, the, that your child is not um, uh, getting enough milk, so instead they're getting air because they're not getting a good seal around the breast. Um, these are just a few tips um, or, I, um, I guess, things that, symptoms that um, could be causing 
can be caused by a tongue tie. Now that makes a lot of sense. No, that's yeah. great. Well, the good news is we have a ton of resources for that on, but I do recommend that women, I was, I was not very smart. I was Googling a lot when I was so stressed out and then oh. that would, that would stress me out even more. So don't, don't Google, just go to the experts straight to that. Cause <laughs> if you're, true. if you're like me, you're going to diagnose yourself and then you're going to stress yourself out. So don't do that. That's no, no. <laughs> well, do you have any simple practical tips for parents? Um, on how to get their kids. It seems so simple, but how to get them to brush and floss their teeth. Sure. Well, you already mentioned it earlier on in the introduction, um, brushing calendars, positive reinforcement, brushing calendars are a wonderful, wonderful way to encourage uh, kiddos to uh, brush and floss. Um, there are also a lot of, depending on your, your the age of your child, there's a lot of apps now on the iPad or on your phone that you can download for free that also help the kiddos kind of make the brushing um, time fun. I know like Sonicare has a Sparkly app that's free that you can download. Oral B has like a Mickey Mouse app where while they're brushing, you would just start the app and, and make songs and it even shows this like cartoon on sugar bags kind of popping up and then uh, bubbles washing them away and it's a lot of fun um so you can probably download one of those to kind of help your child that's probably a good age that app those apps are good for kids i think around three to about seven um where they're actually interested in things like that um another one is flossing now Obviously, in dental school, they teach you, right, the ideal, right? Every textbook, to brush two times a day, two minutes each, and floss every night. <laughs> um, now, then be I became a mom, and I realized that is impossible. <laughs> um, completely impossible. So I tell my parents all the time, I say, do what's practical, um, what you want to do, and what's age appropriate, right? So a two-year-old is not going to sit there for two minutes and let you brush for two minutes and floss at the same time. So for a two-year-old, I say, hey, even if you can make sure you brush efficiently, and when I say efficiently, meaning you know the toothbrush is contacting the teeth, um, even if it's for 10 seconds, just one round of wheels on a bus song, um, then you're there, you're good. Um, and then flossing, I say, flossing, you don't have to have your child, your five-year-old sit there every night and floss all 20 of these kind of like you know for adults like when we go on diet right like you fall off the wagon when you're like oh I you know ate that chocolate by accident and you're like oh I'm never gonna go on the diet again <laughs> um same thing with flossing I feel like with kids they get overwhelmed and you obviously don't have the attention span to sit there to let you floss all 20 teeth so my advice for parents is you want to floss every day for your child but only floss about two teeth a day. I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So like, for example, tonight, I say you're going to brush your three-year-old's teeth or your four-year-old's teeth. Brush all the teeth, of course, <laughs> at nighttime before bed. Now for, pick up the floss picks and just floss one tooth a day, one tooth tonight. Then tomorrow, at the same time, before bedtime, brush all 20 teeth and then now floss the neighboring teeth, the one that you flossed yesterday. And the day after that, do the same thing. But every time you floss, you're moving around the mouth. 
So hopefully by the end of the week, all the teeth have been flossed at least once. But that only takes like one second to floss. Um, and that way, the also the child is used to picking up the floss and they know what it is. But that's a practical way to incorporate flossing for the parents as well. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that with my kids oh. because I do think I do think they're a little not overwhelmed, but at the end of the day, they're tired. They're like, eh, you know. Um, yeah. And I mean, as a parent, your patience is kind of thin by that point too. For sure. I mean, let's be real. So no, I like that. Um, perfect. Uh, what? I want to talk a little bit. I did not have this problem, but my stepson did. He used to suck his thumb all the time. And do you have, is that still, is that still a problem? Not a problem, but you know, are you seeing a lot of patients that, you know, yeah, common, that's a good word for it. Yes, absolutely. Really common. Um, I mean, age appropriately kids, you know, when they're born, they need something to cope, right? Yeah. Um, For stressors in their life. So totally normal. Um, I never make the parents feel bad about that. Um, I just kind of educate them, hey, constant thumb sucking and and or even like pacifiers. Pacifiers, yeah. Yeah, will um, at some point cause um, the jaw, so your upper jaw, to change shape. And the shape that it changes your child's jaw is into that overbite. Um and I don't know if everyone knows what an overbite is. When your top jaw and your top teeth kind of are really far forward compared to your bottom teeth. Um, so for the most part, the rule of thumb is hat. No pun intended. <laughs> I just realized. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Um, the rule of thumb is as long as your child stops unsucking or pacifier habit by about three or four years old, um, then the jaw, it gives the jaw a chance to kind of rebound and go back to its normal shape. Ooh, that's good to yeah. know. Yes. That's actually kind of the rule of thumb. <laughs> rule of thumb. <laughs> well, that's good. No, my, I had a thumb sucker and then I had a pacifier at it. And then my son, he didn't like any of those things. So it's interesting how different the children are, you know, that's why I'm yeah. saying parents, you can have one kid that is this way and then, you know, you're going to have another. I'm, I'm sure you know that with three three sons. For um, sure. You know, you just kind of go with the flow and some kids are this way and some aren't. But it's not going to be the end of the world. You're, you're going to make it. So It isn't. I always tell the parents, it's, it, this is what's going to happen. Expect this, that you'll see changes in the jaw and the teeth. But, you know, and I'll give them ideas, like you, like positive reinforcement ideas, similar to the brushing calendars. We'll do a habit calendar, thumb sucking or pacifier calendar, and then reward them every seven days with a little, you know, $1 toy from the dollar store. If they can stop sucking their thumb or um, not have the pacifier, there are more practical things like um, Mavala stock, which is like a nail polish for thumb suckers, um, which is like really bitter. Uh, that you could put on some kids' fingernails, and that sometimes will work for some kiddos as far as some sucking goes. Um, and then there are other more permanent, not permanent, but a little bit more aggressive ideas, like um, thumb guards, where it's like a plastic sleeve that you would put over their thumb to help prevent them from thumb sucking. But, of course, 
these are more for older kids. And when I say older, um, I'm talking about like six and older. Okay. Um, yeah, you would probably use a nail polish and do some guards um, as some ideas. But that, that makes um, sense. Yeah. Yeah, for our daughter, um, we ended up finally talking her into um, mailing her pacifier. Well, first we tried to cut the pacifier tip off. That didn't work. She still sucked on it. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, she, yeah, I know. I was like, oh my gosh, she's testing me. Um, but, <laughs> but then a lot of my, my friends started having babies and I said, listen, they, they really need your pacifier. I mean, she didn't know about germs back then. So I said, let's mail them off to them. They lived in different cities and we made a big deal about it. And, um, we actually pretend mailed them to her baby friends that were coming in. Oh, I don't know how that worked because she normally is not, she's not going to play with that kind of stuff, but it worked and I went with it and it, and we're good. Um, a matter of fact, she found the pacifier the other day in my closet. I don't know why I saved it. I put it in like a little, little, um, Kendra Scott gift bag. And I said, yeah, well, sorry, (laughs) but she's older now. She's like nine and she's like, mom. And I said, well, we tried to mail it, you know, it just got delivered back. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I should have hid that better. She's so good at finding stuff. So I have to be careful about that. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Yeah. That's my mom, Phil. But if you're like me, (laughs) either get rid of the thing or really mail it to somebody. I don't know. (laughs) And that's the same idea. You could do the idea of a pacifier fairy, like a tooth fairy. Oh, that's a good idea. A pacifier fairy where you put it in the mailbox. Like you said, and then the pacifier fairy will come and give you a present instead. Ooh, um, I yeah, love that. Same idea. Yeah. I love that. Okay, you just gave me an idea for my blog too, so I can make like a little mm-hmm. note, like a little note from the pacifier fairy. This yeah, that's something. Perfect. Okay, cool. We'll we'll help one kid at a time. <laughs> <laughs> One parent at a time. Oh, uh, anything we can do, right? Um, well, we we have a little bit of time left, but I think it's very important that we talk about braces because I'm going to be honest with you. I grew up in a family where my dad was like, your teeth are fine. You don't need braces. It's just a lot of money you're going to invest, da, 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 da. And I never got braces until I was in my 30s. I got Invisalign. Oh, and now oh. my, te- my teeth are much straighter, but I always kid with my dad. I'm like, dad, seriously. So, <laughs> so, so let's go down the line and just talk about when, at what age do you start talking about braces? And I'm curious too, because in my mind, I see some kids that have braces already. And I'm thinking, well, they're going to lose those teeth. So that's the same mentality. Um, is it too early to talk about braces at a certain age or what's your, what's your feeling on that? So, um, pediatric dentists actually screen all of their kiddos around age seven, seven. Okay. Yeah. And we not only say braces, but we're talking about in general growth and development of their jaw around seven years old. And how we do this at the dentist is we take one of those x-rays, you know, that machine that goes around your head. Yeah called the pano, a panoramic radiograph. So at seven, your dentist should take a pano for your child. Um, and the and the reason we do that is because at this age, we can catch severe crowding, um, aka we'll need braces down the road, um, or believe it or not, genetic issues like missing adult teeth, extra adult teeth. 
um, things like that. And that actually will play a part in whether or not the dentist will refer you to an orthodontist at that age. So many of the times I'll do this x-ray on a seven-year-old and I'm like, oh, dad, mom, did you know that your child is actually missing, to, like born without two adult premolars? That and is that the craziest, that yeah. is the craziest thing to me. And I, this is so weird. I dated a guy that had that problem. Oh, really? <laughs> but he was so embarrassed to tell me. It was in high school. He was he like, look that way. And then he'd like, he had these fake teeth, like in a, I'm derailing, but you just remind me about this guy. He's like, my adult teeth never, my two front teeth never came. And I thought yeah. he was lying. I was like, what? This is, but apparently this is a thing. And those laterals, was it the, the front? The two front top teeth. Side ones yeah. Or the middle yeah. ones? Uh, the middle ones. Oh, the middle yes. ones? Yeah. So the two front laterals, which are the side ones when you smile, those are actually the second most common missing adult teeth. That's so wild. Yeah. But but the good news is, I mean, this was a long time ago. He had a retainer. I'm sure now there are other options. Like, do kids get implants at that, like, when they get older, or how does that work? you are right. Okay. So, let's say I saw a seven-year-old, I got this x-ray on him or her, and I'm like, hey, your child is missing or born without, nothing you did or nothing you can do, just genetically born without those two adult side teeth, which obviously Mm -hmm. is going to affect their smile and their confidence moving forward. Um, so generally speaking, you cannot, kids cannot, uh, qualify for implants until they're done with puberty. Gotcha. Because of a bone issue, bone growth. So, um, generally if we catch this at seven, all the way to 18, we do do something called a flipper, Uh which is, it's just like a retainer, which is probably what your boyfriend at the time had. Um, with like a retainer with fake teeth on them that he would take in and out probably. Yeah, that's what Um, he did. Yeah, for cosmetic reasons. So that's something that you'd have have to do until they qualify for implants. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, screening for that at age seven and eight is so important because what if we didn't screen for that and we didn't know, then we wouldn't know what to do moving forward. We wouldn't have a game plan long term, you know? Yeah, that's, that's that's really cool that you can tell that at such a young age. Um, well, good. I think we've covered a lot. And I, I mean, I just, there's so much to think about, but parents shouldn't stress about too much. That's, that's what your job is for. You're going to take care of, (laughs) you're going to take, yeah, I'll stress for you. And then I'll tell you what's up, but they, but they do need to, I mean, as parents, we do need to make sure we're taking our kids to the dentist, that they are getting the care that they need. And, you know, that, that we're not loading them up with all this sugar and then not brushing their teeth. Because, I mean, it, dental care down the line, if you don't do these things, I'll just be the one, I'll, I'll, I'll be the one that tells you. It's going to cost a lot of money down the line. All, the, all these cavities and stuff. I mean, believe me, like my parents, I'm just going to give another personal story because that's what I do. But in junior it. high, in junior high, they used to have the Coke cages and it was all these vending machines and we just had free reign. Yeah. I mean, we could just oh. go in there. Yeah, my school didn't care. They were like, yeah, we didn't just take, take your money. So I would eat I would eat Skittles every day. Like, my parents didn't know. I don't know how my parents didn't know. but And then I ended up with eight cavities. And it was very expensive. Oh, no. Not for me, but for my parents. But I just, I just think, like, we just don't know. 
I, I think schools are getting better about what they're giving the kids during cafeteria time, yeah, but, better. Mm-hmm. but I'll tell you what, when my, my daughter started, um, being able to use the cafeteria fund, I, she was running out of money left or right. And I'm like, what is going on here? She was getting ice cream every day. Oh, <laughs> I had to be so like, <laughs> I'm like, what is happening here? And so just be mindful of that. We just don't know what's going on at the cafeteria sometimes. Um, but yeah, I no. all the time. I see <laughs> kids with lots of cavities in between their teeth and then we'll go over diet and parents are like, no, they never have juice. They never have chocolate milk. And then the child will say, oh, wait, I do. I drink chocolate milk every day at lunch. Yeah. <laughs> And the parents are like, what? <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't really give us a notification until the money's already gone. So, and then you have to go through like three screens to see what they actually spent their money on. But, um, yeah. but anyways, I'm, de- <laughs> I'm derailing. I'm going to start sending the bills to, to the cafeteria. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, um, well, let me, let me tell you, we have a few local people that listen to the podcast. If they are looking for a new pediatric dental uh, service where tell us where you're located and are you accepting new clients sure um yes we are accepting new patients um and i my office is actually right on us 380 um and we're about one and a half miles west of uh winsong where that big kroger is oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah we're just go straight west on US 380 and we're just right there, right in front of the Savannah community where there's a really beautiful water fountain. Um, yeah, we're in a medical plaza right there. Yeah, and it's called Winhaven Pediatric Dentistry. It's yourself and you have normal hours or do you work later on certain days for working parents? I wasn't sure what your hours were. Um, our summer hours, because it's summer, is going to be a little um, shorter. It'll yeah. be actually Monday Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays from eight to four. Perfect. Well, good. Yes. And parents still take them to the dentist during the summer. I know it can be hard to stay on track, but I think it's good. Do you recommend that kids come every six months? Is that what you're recommending now? Or is it a year? What it um, depends on the age. It is every six months, even for the little infant or toddler. And again, a lot of that is just getting, having them get used to the environment that they can develop a, a like happy visit. Um, but it is every six months. That's the general rule of thumb because most insurances will pay every six months. Mm-hmm. Um, for kids in braces, we'll actually recommend every three months for cleanings just because with braces. It's harder for them to clean at home, and we don't want them to develop cavities um, while wearing braces. But the general rule of thumb is every six months. Okay, very cool. Um, so, if people want to follow you, can we follow you on social, or where can we find your TikTok dancing? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting you that on be a private account. <laughs> oh man, bummer. <laughs> Although I did do a TikTok video uh, on brushing technique. Oh, so good. a lot of the parents that I'll show, and I'll try to post it, um, I'll have to figure out how. I do have it on my desktop in my office, so I'll show parents, like, how to brush for their toddlers um, and how to brush for their um, uh, infants in different positioning. So, um, but yeah, you can actually see, follow us um, on Instagram and on Facebook. Very cool. 
And thank you so much for taking time. I, I know you're probably really busy um, right now, especially towards the end of the school year when, you know, parents are trying to get their kids in before school ends. So I appreciate you taking the time to give us thank some you. of these tips because it's going to be very helpful. And it's always a good reminder, you know, it's like anything in life, like, you know, for our own health, fitness and whatever. Sometimes we just need to be reminded because we're just going in overdrive and, you just got to stop and pause. So thank you for taking that time. And this will be played on the call-in app. And if you prefer to listen to it on Apple or Spotify, it will be syndicated over there as well. Um, if you have any other questions for Dr. Carrie Lee, please feel so, feel, I can't even talk. My mouth is going out. <laughs> I, do you, I, I promise she didn't give me any of that gas before this. Uh, yeah, that's, now there's a business idea for you. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but yes, no, if you have any questions for her, please reach out to her Instagram, um, or Facebook. It's Windhaven Pediatric Dentistry, uh, or you can DM me and I'll forward you along. She is so personable. And I think that is also a key in finding the right dentist for your child is somebody that is going to be comfortable and relatable to your child and generally enjoys being with children, which I can tell you have three boys yourself. Um, so you got my vote. <laughs> Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. You're so kind. Okay. Well, thank you again, and we will talk soon. Yes, ma'am. Have a wonderful summer, ladies. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.